Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Market Source Real Estate and CBD Medic. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. And I want to personally welcome you out today to episode 401. Yes, 401 of I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. So in case you were not aware, September 30th is International Podcast Day. Seems like there's a day for everything nowadays, right, Chrissy? Which I'm totally down with. I think it's great. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm down with pod, International Podcast Day, and hopefully everybody is celebrating accordingly by listening to a boatload of podcasts, or telling your friends about podcasts, or maybe you're wearing your favorite podcast t-shirt. But yeah, I think this is like the fourth annual International Podcast Day, or fifth annual. Maybe I think so. It's been going for a little while. It's pretty cool. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, maybe a friend told you about it, or maybe you just stumbled upon it doing a Google search. If you're asking yourself, what is this podcast all about? Let me tell you really quickly. We talk to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, really anyone that might have a cool story to share from Salt Lake City. Hey, who's on the podcast today, Chrissy? Today on the podcast, we have an awesome conversation with Steph and Molly, two strippers from Trails Gentlemen's Club from right here in Salt Lake City. We found out what got them interested in becoming strippers, what it's like for them working at Trails, why they love working in the industry, and so much more. We're going to get into that conversation here in just a moment. Before we get into this conversation, we want to tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, Market Source Real Estate. Remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you are supporting this podcast. Hey, if you love the charm and you love the character of old homes, you really need to contact our friends Monique and Jeremy at Market Source Real Estate. They actually helped us find our home, the home that we're recording this podcast in right now. And for the last 18 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area. With a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, they really know all the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and help make sellers more money. If you're looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all of their info right there on their website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or just give them a call, 801-810-6773. Again, their website, thinksaltlakecity.com, or 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get into that conversation that we had with Steph and Molly from Trails. When they came, sat down with us to share their story. This is good. Enjoy. Where's home for you, Steph? Let's start over here with um, you. So I grew up in West Jordan, um, just out in the suburbs, but now I live in downtown Salt Lake City. So and born and raised your whole life? Pretty much. I was born in Pennsylvania, but I've been here since I was two. So where, all where, of my life that where I remember. Where in Pennsylvania? I know I was born at the Bryn Mawr Hospital and that's all and that's I it, really huh? know. I spent a little bit of time in, in Pennsylvania, so that's why. And what about you, Molly? Where, where Where's home for you? 
Um, I moved here when I was 10 from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And, and just been here ever since? Been here ever since. Traveled a lot, but haven't moved anywhere. Is exotic dancer the proper term to use or what is the proper term here? I want to, I want to be proper here. I don't um, think so. Sorry. I mean, or so no, no, no. I prefer Dizziest, which is striptease performer. But I'm just kidding. You can just call me stripper. A stri- um, stripper's fine. But like, I think a lot of people like exotic dancer. I feel like my family, if I ever talk about it, prefer that I not call myself a stripper. But the most pretentious term is ecdysiest. Ecdysiest. Where, where does that come from? What's- I don't know. I just found it online once. And I from the looked Latin up the meaning something. and it said striptease performer. And I was so sometimes when I'm feeling like. Just extra sassy and extra, <laughs> yeah, extra like. Fancy. But I don't mind stripper. I know there's girls that do mind being called stripper. Um, and see that as a derogatory thing. I feel like just like a lot of words like bitch or slut or something, I feel like I've wanted to reclaim it and be like, no, that's a great thing. Being stripper is great. And it's not, it doesn't mean anything bad to me. What about what about you, Steph? I feel the same way. I think, I mean, I'm a stripper. That's what I am. I So I've never like taken any offense to being called a stripper. I feel like the most often that I hear people saying that is sometimes there's customers that come into the club and they're like, oh, you're not a stripper to me. To me, yeah. you're an exotic dancer. And People I say like, that well, all the time. I am a stripper, so. Maybe, That's kind of cute. Like, they're trying to like, know that they value you and respect you. They know in some way that that word has taken on a negative meaning huh. and that they're trying to be respectful. So I think it is really nice when somebody yeah. does say that. But I'm like, yeah. no, it's totally fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind. So what, I mean, how long have you both been doing what you do? How long have you both been stripping? I've been stripping for seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Like full-time, part-time, um, I guess. Or how does that, I mean, do you work a 40-hour week? Sometimes. Really? Yeah. Oh, that has to be so physically sometimes draining. Sometimes more, I feel like, yeah. for you. Sometimes. not Like recently, like, I haven't been working as much at the club, but for sure, like, when I have, like, available time, not as when I'm not as busy with school, I can work a lot more. But yeah. I work probably about 20 to 30 hours a week at so the you, club So right you, now. Put, you put some time in. You put, yeah. Is that including managing or? No. Oh, do you actually help manage? Oh, so yeah, I'm the dancer manager at Trails as well. Oh, nice. see, I didn't. Okay. And that was another thing. I didn't know if you wanted to get into, you know, get into where you're, you're currently employed at. I mean, I guess why not? Right. Trails. It's, it's trails. Not, oh yeah. It's we hope not a, to it's, say that a lot. Please come to trails. Yeah. Okay. So no, I, you know, and, and here's the thing and is, is I'm truly grateful for this interview because that's been, I've, I've wanted to get dancers on here but it, it's been hard because it's like i don't want to be the creepy guy right like hey you want to come to my house yeah. <laughs> like, come to my house and record this hang podcast. out with me and my wife <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure you've gotten you guys probably never get asked that yeah <laughs> so did you say molly did you say how long you've been in the industry i about five years about five years yeah in did you both really get into it to get your way through school? Right. Is that, it's funny. That's actually one of the people's questions in our Facebook group. It's, it's the joke, right? Like, oh, right. they're getting through med school. It's a stereotype for sure. Um, I actually started because, well, my older sister started before I did yeah. so that she, uh, could divorce her husband. Um, so she had enough money to leave him. And then after she was doing it for about a year, she convinced me to start doing it. So I wasn't in school. I was just doing it. Just to make money. Just to make money. Yeah. And then you're like, the money's good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Why not absolutely. keep going? What What about you, Molly? Sorry, repeat the question. Well, the, well, the, like, uh, <laughs> well it, it, it was kind of a silly question. Like, did you really start stripping just to put your way through school? Oh, so no. I, I went to school. Um, I didn't finish. I, I did go through a divorce and I was like working two jobs and had a daughter and just was like, 
you got miserable. Yeah. And I, with funny stories, I'd been doing pole for years. And then one of my friends made a joke and she was like, <laughs> and I was like, I can't go to, I can't go to pole anymore. I can't afford it anymore. And she was like, I've heard people pay you to do this kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And it like the clouds parted and I literally started stripping within a couple of days and just loved it. And the money was great and didn't have to work these other jobs, got to work part time and make my own schedule. And I was like, so happy it yeah. was great so it's almost more empowering it sounds like oh for you. so i think for a lot of people i've heard there's a lot of stories we talked to a lot of girls of like bad relationships or whatever was going on and they felt like maybe dependent on the person they were with and he was abusive or whatever and they just felt like there's no way out and i don't i think that's a really common story of like being able to empower them themselves to be able to support themselves financially do you remember what what the first time for you like I mean, it's got to be hard. The very first time, get out. You know, it's your first time working at Trails. I guess I, I, I'm assuming. I started trails, at a club in Ogden. You started at a different club. I mean, what was your first time experience like? I was, was just it? terrified. Like I knew I wanted to do it. I'd been like practicing yeah. at home, <laughs> but then um, it was just terrifying. And I think the first two years, I feel like almost every single time I went on stage, I just was like. But then that also felt empowering because every time I did it, it felt like wow. I do something that terrifies me every yeah. single day and I feel like the biggest badass ever. <laughs> like, and and you, so, you just keep getting, what, what about you staff? I mean, do you remember the first time it, for you getting out there? Was it, was it hard? I mean, I'm sure there was a bit of nervousness there, right? Yeah. I feel like for me, the hardest and scariest part about starting stripping was actually just starting stripping. Cause like, if you're afraid of something and you've never done it before, literally, everything you feel about it is what you've made up in your head about it. Uh -huh. um, so when I actually did it and got on stage, it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. And like, I was nervous for sure still, especially cause I don't really know how to dance. I didn't have never had any background in dance. I've always been kind of clumsy. So like it for sure, for sure made me nervous. Yeah. But I mean, I figured, I figured as much, but I mean, like I know Chrissy, if you had to get up there, I mean, I'm sure you'd be terrified. Out oh, of your for mind, sure. Right? I would, I would trip and fall on everybody. It would be, <laughs> it would be ridiculous. There would be like a YouTube video of how bad it goes. Oh man, <laughs> I'm a huge klutz. So yeah, I can relate. I think everyone has a different experience. Like my sister, when she started the first shift, I took her to work. Um, after we were done, she just bawled. And I was asking like, well, why? Cause I don't understand. And she was like, because it was so stressful. I felt like they're looking at me. They're judging my body. Like it just was like, and she continued. She ended up liking it. And she's been doing it for a couple of years now, but like. Is your sister, does... sister at uh, trails as no, well? No, she, she dances in uh, San Francisco. Oh, okay. So, well, in a, in a much better state, I guess that's probably a little more lenient when it comes to dancing, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, with the laws and regulations and but there's a, that's a whole yeah that's a whole thing yeah 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 you, I, you were gonna ask yeah that, i'm curious i mean this is actually something that i never really thought about before until we were talking to you guys but do you think that stripping like all the women who get into it do you think that it really helps them love themselves more and you know you know we all have a problem with like self-image right and like because mm -hmm. that would be my thing i'd be like exactly like that oh you're judging my body everyone's looking at me really paranoid do you think it helps you really embrace yourself and just love everything about yourself? I do. For instance, like I have a pretty big butt and that yeah, has never do. really That's been like a, <laughs> a, so, like a thing in Utah. Guys I mean, it like is, it is lately, but I was always really insecure about it. I got teased in middle school and high school about it. And so I like felt really uncomfortable in my body. And when I started stripping, like everybody loved my butt and it really like made me 
like appreciate my body and love my body a lot more. So why, why do people say that? Like, why do people even say that, you know, about like porn or, or anything in the adult industry? Oh, we're just objectifying women. And I don't there's know. so many jobs where yeah. people are objectified. That yeah, I mean, I'm I, just you, confused why we focus so much on this one. I object my mailman, right? Like he, you know, I, I worship him because he brings me mail. I, you know, but I mean, it's, it, it's silly. Yeah, I, I think it's, I just think it's ridiculous. I think it's really how you choose to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I was going to say about the body image thing though, that like for me, what I noticed and what helped me, cause I actually had an eating disorder before I started dancing and I never relapsed again after dancing. And part of that was I got to see these women with different shaped bodies like a large breast, small breast, uh, thick women, thin women, mm -hmm. and that were just talented and beautiful and like sexy. And I just, something about that, like built this thing in me that it was like, I don't have to look a certain way. It's about like how you carry yourself and confidence and like knowing yeah. who you are. I don't know. It sounds kind of silly, but like. No, that, it doesn't. It doesn't sound silly. Not at, at, all. All. No, not at all. I think that's actually interestingly a much more healthy view than the majority of us women yeah. see things, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we're all very uh, societally driven to compete with yeah. whatever we see. And, with uh, these airbrushed things. Yeah, exactly. And with I, Photoshop. And I, could, and I could see these beautiful women at this club I'd started at that like, I was like, she has cellulite. I have cellulite. And because I remember thinking like, I can't be a dancer. I have cellulite. You know what I mean? Like, you but can, then I was like, so no, weird. actually you can just be super sexy and be fine with your body. And like, that's mm -hmm. okay because most women have cellulite. There, so we have a Facebook group, the I Am Salt Lake community, which I urge everybody to to join. Uh, we try to get you know some interaction and occasionally I'll throw like who who we're going to bring on the podcast, so on and so forth. And I mentioned that we you know we're going to bring a couple of dancers on from Trails. If anybody had questions, uh, we have a super super fan, Brittany Hemingway, big fan of the podcast. She always has a ton of really rad questions. Uh, so I was just going to kind of go down her the list here, some of her questions and a couple other questions that people have. Uh, and hopefully we can answer them if that works for you guys. Uh, do you want us to both answer them? Or yeah. I mean, go back or, and forth? or I mean, feel free, or... whatever, okay. if you, if you both have some input or okay. one of you have input, how, whatever's easiest. I guess. I'm a talker. So I always yeah. have input. Yeah, so we... I'm like, sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, do you just want us to take? No, I mean, whatever the easiest happens for some of these questions, cause they're all kind of worded a little differently. Uh, her first question is common false assumptions about them as Let's see. How does how does she wear this? Common false assumptions about them as people and about the job. So I guess just false assumptions that people have about I have so you many the job. things to say. <laughs> then take it away. Okay. So about dancers, I think it's just like any industry where like a few bad seeds have like cultivated this reputation for an entire industry. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. But then there's the good ter good stereotypes of, oh, she's working away through school, which I don't, I guess, isn't like necessarily good or a bad <laughs> stereotype, but like that, you know, we're all on drugs that were promiscuous, that were, you know, whatever. And just those things like being in the industry as long as I have, and I've danced out of state and stuff and I'm, have met a lot of people. I'm like, those are just so not true. Like these and, or that they're like uh, money hungry, like gold diggers, like it, like none of those things from my experiences with the women I've worked with, like are true at all. Like a lot of these women are working on degrees, completing degrees, like very loyal women to their boyfriends or to their husbands. Like, um, so there's that. And there's some stereotypes about like customers and stuff like that. They're these perverts that, are, you know, and it's like, no, like everybody goes to the strip club. Like I'm not saying everybody, but like all types of people 
come into the strip club and they're not perverts. They're people who like entertainment or just are lonely and want someone to talk to or, you know, want to be in a bar scene with beautiful women, you know, like, and so. Hey, I'm not, I mean, I've been there. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say did you Me too. I mean, <laughs> well, we've, I mean it's, we've, it's, we've all been it's there. It's been right? years since I've been there. I mean, probably, gosh, it's got to at least be eight or nine, maybe even 10 years. I mean, I had, I mean, I thought it was great. Here's the thing. I thought it was great because I was like, this is great. Instead of just going and having a beer at a boring old bar, Mm -hmm. why not go have a beer and have some entertainment, right? Grab Mm -hmm. a, grab some food, right? Burger or whatever. I I can't remember all the food that was available at trails at the time, but interact with some attractive women. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't feel like it was just full of weirdos. I mean, there's weirdos at any bar you go to, so it doesn't really matter in my opinion, but uh, yeah, I don't know anything that you want to add to that stuff or Um, those are probably what the same things I was going to touch on. Sorry. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's, that's fine. The, the next question here is, is what do, what do they love about it and what do they dislike about it? So, I mean, if there's, one or two things that come to mind. There's probably a lot of both that, uh, Mm. well, I love it. Like the biggest reasons is the amount of money that I can make in the amount of time that I have to be at work, the flexibility that I have with my schedule. Like I'm able to do a lot of things that I wouldn't be able to do if I worked a nine to five type job. And then like another thing that I really love about where, that I love about trails is the type of relationships that I have with all of the other women that work there it's a wonderful place and we have amazing women that, that work there. And if I'm ever having like a bad day or a tough time, like I can go to work and I'm in a room with 15 of my best friends and feel better, have fun. Yeah. I would super duper agree with everything that she said. Sorry. I was, I wanted to touch a little bit on the trails thing where like where we don't sell lap dances, uh-huh. it creates an environment where like we don't have to really compete with each other or out hustle each other quite as much. There's still some of that. But more, we try to work as a team to help everybody make money. And so a lot of the girls, like I've been at Trails for four years. You've been there. Like six and a half. Like six and a half years. And we retain a lot of girls usually. And I I took a break and I went and tried out a bunch of other clubs because I wanted to like see what else was out there. There just wasn't that family vibe that we have there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need it back. I have to be with these women who know me and get me and like... Yeah. Um, but back to the question, which was like, what do you love? What do you dislike? I love to perform. So like, I'm, I'm actually introverted. I like talking to people in like small groups. I don't like big crowds and stuff, but like when it comes to performing, I love like a ton of people and I love to like put on a big show and that just feels so fulfilling to me. And so I love that part of it. And I do feel just super empowered. I just feel like I'm a woman making money, doing kick-ass shit like look at what i can do with my body like like i don't need a man to pay my bills right like you can make them i mean we need some of them that's part yeah. of why like well true i guess i guess you need the man to come in right well, well, other women well, too, well what we're saying you know well not what we're saying but um what i've noticed and we've talked about this before is especially on the weekends there's like a 50 50 gender between men and women. Okay. And that really shocked me. I, like when I first started, I was like, what? And, well, and a lot of couples like to go together. Couples, uh, groups of women, you know, like uh, quite a quite a few females, more, more so than I would have expected. But <laughs> anyways, the things I do like are those things, like she said, a lot of things she said. Um, what else do I like about the flexibility, the money? Um, the fact that I sometimes feel like I'm getting paid to exercise. I'm like... I still try to go to the gym, but like if I don't get to the gym, it's like, that's okay. I'm going to go get paid to exercise at work. Like, <laughs> it's fine. And then you can kind of eat 
kind of whatever you want. Like I see the girls back there were just mowing down fries and stuff. And like, you can't eat like that unless you have a job that you're just incredibly active at. So like, that's awesome. Like, How, how many hours is like a typical shift? About seven hours. Wow. So, but you're not actually club to club. dancing for seven hours straight, no, right. are you? We dance on like a slower time. We dance for six minutes and then okay. get down for a break and then go come back up. But when it's busy and when we used to do like five stages sometimes, so then you do six minutes on each stage okay. and that was exhausting, but that felt mm-hmm. amazing to me because I'd just be sweating by the end and it just mm-hmm. felt like, yeah. You go home and you're, I had a hell of a workout. <laughs> but I'd wake up and my hands would like be stiff because I do like pole work and rail work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up and my hands would be like, nope, we're done. It's you like can't. mountain climber hands almost. It's funny. People are always like, you should mountain climb. And I'm like, I never have done that. But they're like, you'd be good at it. Uh, I actually have a quick question. Then we'll get back to Britney's questions. Uh, uh, do you know how, how long has trails been there? How long? Do you I've know how long that. trails has been I know around? a long like, time. Uh, I think. Around 40 years? Really? That long? Yeah. I mean, what? That's what I'm, I was going to say 20. No, because it's, it's got to be longer than 20 years. That is blowing my mind. And it used to be called, I think, just Golden Trails. Golden Trails, which I yeah. think is so weird. Yeah, that, that sounds like it could be like, <laughs> like it was like go, a golden Like a water play. Yeah, like a, some kind of. No, because, well, I was wondering like what kind of, you know, uh, obstacles they faced here in Salt Lake, right? Like when they first oh, I'd love started, to know. you know, I mean, yeah. I, I could Do we even imagine. know any of the original people. Yeah. No, I think maybe they have to still be around somewhere. Um, oh, I'd I, be very interested. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think the best person to ask though would be Abby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How long? Cause Abby's been there for a really long time. She's a, a bartender there and she's probably, I don't know how old she is. Been around for, for, no, I was just curious. It doesn't matter. I was just curious. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by CBD Medic. Remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast. CBD Medic is a revolutionary line of topical pain and skincare medications developed to provide safe and lasting relief for you naturally. CBD Medic products are the result of rigorous scientific research and an extensive understanding of the role of natural oils, analgesic ingredients, and how our bodies react to these combinations. CBD Medic products combine THC-free hemp extract with pharmaceutical ingredients along with 100% natural inessential oils such as jojoba oil and peppermint oil to create unique formulations for fast, effective, and safe relief. Their motto is Advanced Science Powered by Nature, nature, and it is their mission to utilize the highest quality ingredients to create treatments that can safely and effectively help relieve sports-related joint and muscle pain, back and neck pain, foot pain, arthritis-related pain like stiffness and swelling, and muscle and joint pain. It can also help acne, blemishes, pimples, blackheads and whiteheads, itchy, dry, flaky skin caused by eczema and psoriasis, irritated, itchy skin and rash. You can visit their website, really easy here, cbd-medic.com to check out all of their products. Listeners of this podcast, pay attention, use the promo code PODCAST10 and you're going to save yourself 10% on all of your orders at cbd-medic.com. Again, that promo code PODCAST10, all one word. Use that code at checkout. You're going to save 10%. You're going to support the podcast, and you are going to get some some great products here from CBD Medic. 
All right, many thanks to CBD Medic for their support of this podcast. Let's jump back into that conversation with Steph and, and Molly when they came and shared their story. Enjoy. Let's get back to these questions uh, from Brittany here. She wants to know what's one of the funnest experiences that you've had at work. It's funny because it's the same one I told at the, on the other podcast because some of my favorite memories is like Steph coming in to tip and she does this trick <laughs> where like, so, so you've been there, there's like a table and we're kind of high up on this stage kind of scenario, but she would like run and jump on the table and throw money like mid while she's midair. And like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like Michael Jordan shit. Like, <laughs> it's like superhero tipping. But honestly, things like that, memories like that. Um, I did do a charity party last year and that felt really cool because we donated all the tips. And that was a like weird special feeling. We're in the back, like sorting the money and all of us are like crying a little because we're like, that felt really good. <laughs> like, But we all worked our asses off like all night to make nothing. And it just felt really cool funnest or best or i don't the, the, however you want to interpret the question if there's no answer it's fine too i mean i don't know if you have a fun experience that you want to share steph or not if you don't I not, can't, not i can't think of anything i feel like that's a question that always stumps me because like questions like that and like what's the craziest thing that's ever happened or weirdest thing i'm like i don't know like like nothing crazy we've had yeah. fun i mean i didn't go to the one before that but like the christmas party is usually fun because oh, yeah. they close the club and we all hang out and drink and like we did karaoke and we like danced on the stage and it was just employees and like it was Strip for each I other, fell asleep. Right? I wore a onesie that had a butt flap and my butt flap was open <laughs> and it just was crazy. And then I got drunk and then I fell asleep in the booth and woke up at like five in the morning and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> the next question that Brittany asks here is what are their plans for the next five to ten years? So I'm in school at the year right now. I'm doing strategic communications for my undergrad and I graduate next fall. And then I'm planning on taking the LSAT next summer okay. and then hopefully going to law school. Um, so that's my long term plan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'll be doing. What about you, Molly? So I kind of have like two answers to this. Like one is like I've studied like film and screenwriting for a long time and have done like short films and like was really into that back in the day and like won some awards and stuff. And so that's ultimately what I'd like to do. And I still like, I did a music video last year that I produced and directed and like, I still want to pursue that, but my daughter's like nine and there's this school I want to go to in Chicago. So I'm kind of just being patient that I'm like, I know that that's what I'm going to do, but it's going to take some time. But the side note of that is that there's kind of this word. Have you heard the word lifer? Lifer is a term for like a, a stripper that like does it till they can't anymore. Right. And sometimes there's like this negative thing about it. And there was this dancer that I worked with that was like 49. And I think she's 50 by now. She was super hot. She's making crazy money. She would like bring her little dog on stage. And here at trails. No, okay. this was when I, you know, had my experiences and went okay. dance to yeah, other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought she was so great and loved her so much. And she looked so happy. And I thought to myself that I was like, if I was a lifer, like I'd be okay with that. Like if I danced and like, as long as people still want to pay to see me without my clothes on. Why not? I feel okay with that. Like, even if I got into other things or like whatever, and like, I have other like side hustle things, like I want to get into real estate and just stuff like that. But like, school's not for me. I've tried school and I'm just not someone who, you know, I have like enough credits for like a degree, but I kept changing my major. And then I'm like, I don't really think I like doing school. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, I, school is not for me either. So... <laughs> 
Yeah. I, you know. So you get me. But um but yeah, so sometimes I feel like I'm a lifer and and I feel like I want to own that. Like I'll probably I'm I'm 34. I got into dancing much later than most women do. I got in, I was 29 when I started dancing. That's like I feel like a little unheard of. And then I got my sister into dancing. She was almost 40 when she started dancing. Oh wow. And she loves it. She loves the money and the freedom and stuff. And so I don't know. I like this idea. I, I follow this burlesque dancer that's like, um, like she's in her fifties and she's huge. She performs all over the world. And I'm just like, yeah, I could totally see myself being that person. <laughs> and there's nothing, <laughs> just keeps nothing it wrong going. with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the next question. And if you don't have any answers, that's fine too. Best and worst coworker experiences. <laughs> I don't know. She just threw a bunch of questions here. If there's, if you don't have an answer, I can edit it out, the question out, if there's nothing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, it sounds like you like your coworkers. I so do. they don't, yeah. you know, there's We no- do. There's been problems. Like I was just saying to Steph yeah. today, like there's the, like Trails has a bit of a reputation of like the girls being mean, but the truth is it's not like that at all. I think it's usually a tactic for other clubs to keep their girls from going to Trails because, for example, I was at a club where they didn't treat me very well. And so part of their propaganda to me was like, you'll never make it at trails. The girls will eat you alive. You won't do well there. You'll never, you know what I mean? Like this terrible toxic environment of like trying to make me feel like I'd never make it there. And when I did eventually go to trails, I was like, it's not like that at all. Like everyone who was talking all that shit, like none of that's true. Like, yes, like once or twice a year, we might get into it. It's a very, very intimate environment. I could imagine. And it's practically like a family. And we have a lot of downtime where we are together and stressed out or whatever. Um, or dealing with our own issues. And, um, but then it's always kind of blown over. There's been like this big thing and you're so mad. And then it's just like a family or just like any other workplace. You're like, okay, maybe that wasn't really a big deal. Actually, I really love them. And like, that was kind of dumb. And I'm sorry for my part. And you're sorry for your part. And, you know, let's move on with our lives. So, very cool. It's kind of just like any co working environment. Yeah, know? it really is. Next question here is. What do they wish everyone realized about the industry? My first thing would be just that it's a job because I was having this conversation with someone today where I just was saying like, this is my job and I like to compare it. And and there's other comparisons where strippers are compared to therapists because we talk to a lot of people. We end up talking about their problems a lot. Like there's this very with customers and you end up really caring about them. But then sometimes they're offended when you're like, um, they're like, do you want to hang out after work or can I get your phone number or something? And I'm like, your therapist really cares about you. They're really invested and like, they want you to be happy and be better. Like they care, but that doesn't mean that they want interactions with you outside the club. Like, (laughs) are you allowed to give your number though? If you want to give your number or, or date customers at all, you know, I met a boyfriend through the club and I'm not saying it never happens. I think it's pretty discouraged, but you know what I mean? Like where, where someone like me, that's my only social environment really. And just like, you're, Oh, you're not state coworkers or something. It's like, those are the people you're exposed to. And so that's your pool. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So like it happens, but what do you think? It's like discouraged to hang out outside of work or to be in contact outside of work. Right. And I think like the main reason for that is just because typically like if you see like a stripper like or sex worker in the club hanging out with somebody outside of the club, the way it looks is it looks like prostitution. And so it's highly discouraged for like for those reasons mm-hmm. but next question here is what laws do they like and what do they wish would change in relation to the job obviously 
in Utah, the laws are pretty restrictive at the strip clubs. At our club, they serve alcohol. And so if they serve alcohol at a strip club in Utah, then we have to wear pasties. We have to wear special legal panties. And there's a three foot no contact law with customers, which means that there's no lap dances. And honestly, like, I really like that. The the, the security. of Yeah, of, of, because yeah, it's yeah. not like. Yeah, all I do is perform on stage. Like, that's what I do for my job. I don't have to go hustle people. I don't have to go sell them something for $300 where I just Mm -hmm. have to dance on top of them. Like, so I really like that our laws are so restrictive. I'm sure that a lot of men would like it if it were otherwise. On that, you were mentioning pasties, and there's been a few few people ask questions uh, with the new topless law. I know. How how is that going to affect the stripper industry? We're still not legally allowed to... But according to the but law, can to the Chrissy can go to the grocery off, store right? with the top off, right? Maybe that would be bad. I mean, I don't know. I that's what I don't know. And they were talking about it earlier that yeah. like, what about the private property? I'm sure that whoever owns the property could probably say did, no, right? Did, did you guys saw this newspaper article, right? Like, yeah. I, I, it was, I saw it was all the, over like on Facebook and stuff like yeah, that. I wasn't sure and, it was real. I'm like, that's that, no, I don't. No, I, I think, I think it's real. I think it's real. I think a couple of a couple of ladies over there in Colorado, I guess, like challenged the court systems or something. And and uh, but is it real here then? Uh, it, it well, Utah, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. I, I don't know, like five states. I I'd like know. to read the full thing. Like, where yeah. is this acceptable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What places is it? Yeah, I think there's probably a lot more detail that not all of us know. That would be really good to know. I think the reason that, that this law is not going to affect you guys is for the same reason that what was the movie Deadpool at Bruvies? It's showing a movie with nudity, with nudity and with, and alcohol. with alcohol present. And so I feel like that's the same conflict with you guys. So then is, what? Women can't drink alcohol in public and be topless or I see. Or you I just think can't serve it with a liquor license. license. I so, see. Cause uh, Southern exposure is no alcohol, but they're full nude. Yeah, but right? this law just barely passed. Well, no, but I'm saying that, that, that I if, I would the be surprised if this law still covered in place. Yeah. or yeah. overrode any of the Utah. Oh, sure, laws. sure. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Utah laws, I don't know if, if either of you remember uh, private clubs. I don't know if you even remember. I do. I, yeah, I used to. I've, you know, I was a manager for... <laughs> A long and, time but th- all that did was we were able to figure out loopholes of, of certain yeah. things. I mean, it's why Utah was one of the last states to ban smoking. Customers bars paid because- less then to get into clubs than they do now yeah. because your private membership yeah. covered you and your friends. And now everybody's paying $10. Yeah. So I think the private club was a good idea. So actually, here's a question for both of you then based off of the the new topless law let's say for example you were able to be topless at trails right because yeah. of the new law uh-huh. would you still be as comfortable dancing topless or I have you i wouldn't care that yeah. that that wouldn't bother you no no one time i came out without my pasties on by accident at trails uh-huh and i took my top off and my areolas are tattooed into hearts sorry um but they're tattooed they're pink hearts and so um the customer was looking at me and he goes are those your nipples or is that a pasty? And I was mortified. So it's weird because I think like if it was a club where you didn't wear pasties, I would feel totally fine. But because it it is a club where you wear pasties, like it was really strangely mortifying. I like ran off stage, put my top back on and like was just absolutely like totally mortified that like he had seen my nipples, which was weird, but only because I'm, 
I've been in that environment so long. It seems like the customers though are quite far from you though on the dance. If I remember correctly, the oh, last yeah, time foot, I was at, three at foot the trail. State so law. I mean, the fact I guess they were yelling at you that your nipples were showing. No, you can talk to people. Okay, from three oh, feet away. It's, it's we're more a, than three feet away. It's been a minute since I've been there. So it's it, from my memory, it seemed like the dance. You guys should were, come in. We'll buy you, buy you a beer. Hey, <laughs> free beer. All right, I'm in. You had me at beer. Wait, what else is there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's see. The next question here from Brittany. She has an, uh, uh, what makes a good customer versus a bad customer other than the obvious tipping well and not being gross? So I guess those are pretty good ones. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can think of a lot of like bad things as customers. Like for instance, like the kids who will like sit at the stage and like wave money around and ask us to do a trick. Like $1, not a show pony. So like I'm gonna <laughs> dance, dance for me. Yeah, and they're like, Take show your me your coolest off. trick. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm doing my coolest tricks. Like, what else do you want from me? I'll literally have like just done a flip, and some like drunk person will come up, girl or guy, and be like, do a trick for me, and I'm like. Just, Did you just it, see what happened? <laughs> I flipped around a rail in, in my panties. Like, <laughs> give so, me some credit. So what makes a good customer then? A good customer, in my opinion, would be someone who's respectful and has like really good conversations with me, a regular, someone who comes in fairly frequently, someone who buys me drinks because I have a quota of how many drinks I need to get each night. Um, now, what do you mean by buy like you actually drink them? We're not allowed. Yeah. I mean, can I say this? We're not allowed to drink alcohol. So I tell the customer that because I don't want them to assume. Sometimes I think they want you to assume that you are drinking alcohol, alcohol, but we're not legally allowed to do that. And so I tell them that, but that I I also tell them I have to get five drinks a night. That's part of like my stage fee. And so um, I have, I'll sit with customers and, and they'll buy me drinks. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I just didn't. like. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So so someone who does that, um, someone who, yeah, can have like a real conversation with me about like things that are real, not like something superficial and shallow or whatever. And that tips me well and regularly and doesn't get like so drunk that like we can't talk anymore or he's not tipping me anymore or like, you know, um, that'd be like, that's my ideal. I feel like. Is there like yeah. a, a standard tipping? You know how like a, when you go to a restaurant, it's like 20%, 18, 20, 25% or something. I have right? a, what like, I told someone recently, which yeah, is, well. which is not always what people do. Just like in serving, not everybody tips 20%. But I said, if you're going to go to the club and if you're going to sit at the stage, you should be tipping every girl at least $10. How and often I, though? Just, I'm saying at a minimum. Okay. Of each girl that comes out for her six minutes, you should be, each person should be tipping her $10. That's what my opinion is. And then, so that way, let's say you stay an hour, you spend a hundred bucks, but then also you don't have to sit at the stage all night. That's my opinion about if you're sitting at the stage. And I think that's the minimum. I think people, if they can afford it, should tip more depending on how much they like the girl, if they like the entertainment. If you're sitting away from the stage, but you're watching a lot, I think that number changes a little bit. Like you're not at the stage, but you're still paying all your attention to the stage. I still think you should be tipping the girl. Honestly, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, I'm just grateful you tip me anything. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm making big bucks and sometimes I'm like, thank you for your $2 because <laughs> I would have had $0 on my stage had you not put $2 on my stage. So it's a really bizarre kind of 
And, and I'm sure Thank you have you. the guys that come in that don't tip at all, right? They just sit yeah. there and you're just like, get the hell out of here. Nope, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, I'm sure you don't, <laughs> don't do that. But uh, uh, let's see. Next question. What would likely surprise people about their personal lives? So I guess, I don't know. Is there something that would surprise people about your personal lives or would you rather not? I'm always in a relationship, I think, but I'm always really candid about it with customers. Like Mm -hmm. if we get into an intimate conversation, I don't always like, I don't want to immediately be like, oh, by the way, I have a boyfriend because I want to be that girl because I'm not assuming that you think that we're having this interaction because we're interested in one another. I'm assuming that you're intelligent enough to know that I'm here doing my job. And so I don't always lead with that, but I do usually tell them that. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm usually in a relationship. That's one of the things. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for me to broadcast I'm not. Well, it's not a really bad thing, though. Right now, I mean, it's not. It's not a bad thing to say that you're. In a, I mean, at least in my opinion. But I think for the people that are going there for the right reasons, like it shouldn't matter that I have a boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm curious about. I mean, not to interrupt no, that question, you're, you're but good. is it fairly common for your clientele to start to feel like they've developed a relationship with you, and that sometimes they yeah. expect more out of you, and than... they do the same thing with therapists? Yeah, like, that's true. Like people often yeah. fall in love with their therapist because you're having this intimate. And then you add like an intimate, like sexual part to that. Right. And yeah, I think for sure. But but most of the good customers, like we're talking about like a good customer, they're not they delusional. About they're like, that. you're a human. Yeah, you're you a human a being. Life. And we have built a relationship together. Mm-hmm. And I care about you and you care about me. And I want to hear what's going on in your life. And you want to hear what's going on in my life. Like, it's very genuine, you know, but um, but they're also not like yeah, I'm totally going to eventually date her and like, she's going to go home with me or like smart customers aren't thinking that way. Like, right. What about you? Is there anything you'd like to add to that stuff or Um, like what would likely surprise people about your personal life? Well, the fact that you're going to go to law school. Hello. I mean, that's like, I don't want to do that. That's way too hard. Yeah. I mean, I guess I feel like there probably is like a stereotype about strippers not being very intelligent. Yeah. Um, And I've seen girls even play that up. Oh, yeah. Because you're trying to read people and like what they want. And I've learned to just be myself mm-hmm. and that's what works best. But I've, I've watched some girls dumb themselves down a little bit to talk to people because they want to make seem more approachable or like yeah. whatever. And so I don't necessarily think it's always that strippers are stupid. I think that they're catering to like what they think people want. Right. You know what's not- interesting about that, though? I think that no matter what you're in, I think women, we tend to do that. Yeah, we think it's more attractive. Across the board. Yeah, we think like, yeah. if I come across too intelligent, you're not going to like me. Right, right. Like, we have to be really careful and find that balance of like, we don't think we're smarter than you, but, you know, yeah. we're not totally stupid. And it's yeah. this weird it's balancing act that we're constantly doing with people. Molly, you were mentioning uh, a boyfriend relationship. Have you ever had to, uh, like, say you've been on a date with a guy and, and they might not know what you did? I mean, I usually that, lead with that. Okay. So because it's I, I just want it out there. I'm like, if this is something you can't handle, that's going to be a problem because I have no intentions of quitting anytime soon. Because I'm sure there's guys that can't handle it, right? Yeah. But what's unfortunate is that so, like any situation, you don't really know if you can handle a situation until you're in it. Sure. So that's what's unfortunate. And that's why I'm like single right now is because I've had a lot of boyfriends that are like, yeah, I'm totally. It's, yeah, it's your job. Like, I get it. But with time. They get jealous. 
Yeah, they get jealous and they get like, which seems perfectly normal. And so my mom's always like, my counselor says you won't find a good man until you're done stripping. And I'm like, <laughs> well, fuck you and your counselor, mom. Thanks, <laughs> like, mom. What uh, what does your, I mean, your family, what does, what does your family think? of? So they're Mormon, but um, well, like, you know, my sister, obviously, who's dancing is a yeah. Mormon, but the rest of them are mostly Mormon. My dad was super sweet. I love to tell this really quick story. Oh, sure. Please do. My mom found my SOB license, which is a sexually oriented business license that you have to get to be a dancer. And she found it in my car. And then she told my dad. And then me and my dad had to go do something for my car where we were in the car together. And we were alone. And he was like, your mother told me where you're working and what you're doing. And I was like, okay. And he was like, and I just want you to know that I love you. And I just want you to be happy. And that was it. That's all he said. And I was like, <laughs> like, that's cool. It was so cool. And like my mom at first was really, really upset about it and has, has talked a ton of shit. But then she even came into the club last year. She's come in a couple times now. She no came kidding. in, she came in with me once. And then she came in when I had the charity party, she came in and hung out for like two hours to the point that I was like, go. Was it, was that hard? For you? Was, still that, here? was that hard though to have your mom there? Not at first, but after a while I was like, I can't dance normal. I'm trying to be sensual here. Yeah. You don't and want your mom for my watching. mom. I'm it's like just, just a- trying to do like pole tricks and stuff, but was she throwing tens out there? 20. She tipped a lot. Yeah. yeah. She tipped me like, I think she put like a hundred on my stage, nice. but it was for charity. So she sure. was stoked okay. to okay. be there and to, to do okay. stuff. So, but she seemed to have a good time, you know, for her, I think she said something like, wow, these girls are so young, which like is true when I see really young girls dancing, like even 18 year old and up clubs. I'm like, she's so young. I feel very weird now. And so she's like, oh, the girls are so young. And she's like, oh, but you're also beautiful. And wow, you guys are so talented. And it was just sweet. So they're still Mormon, but they came around. What about you, Steph? Well, so my older sister started dancing before I did. And I think initially when she started dancing, she was planning on trying to keep it a secret from my mom. And then I'm not sure exactly when it is that she told my mom, but when she told my mom, she was depressed, like wouldn't get out of bed for a couple of weeks. But I mean, it was out in the open. So I think when I started dancing, it wasn't as big of a shock. So I have five sisters. And um, so two more of my sisters eventually started dancing as well. So I think that like at this point, my my mom is like very like not that she wants us to be strippers but she's very okay with us being strippers and i think that she sees how this job has benefited us in a positive way yeah so i don't think that she has as many hard feelings towards it as she did initially and my mom has also come into the club yeah i've seen a couple times and i've seen your mom at the club yeah she's sweet so what advice would you give let's say we have a listener right there like i want to get into this industry i want to start stripping what advice would you give them? This is like, so I have an Instagram, Molly the Stripper. Okay. <laughs> um, so go follow that. that. Go follow. Yes, it. go yeah. follow. Go follow Molly the Stripper on Instagram. But I get that question all the time, and I used to really like take the time to really like interact with them and give them all the information I could. But it's really hard because the truth is, it's just fucking scary, and you just have to fucking take the plunge. And there's really no way around that. It's you're going to fail at some aspects of it. It's just like anything. Um, so my advice to them, a couple of things I would say is I'm and not all dancers are this way. I think a lot of dancers at trails are like this. But one of my biggest things is I'm like, I don't think you should hustle dues and be shitty and scandalous. I think that's terrible for business. I think mm-hmm. it's terrible for your club. Yeah. So that's one of the first advices I would give them. Don't fuck over your coworkers. Don't fuck over the customers. 
and be yourself. Like, don't worry about trying to dumb yourself down or I have to look a certain way because this is how the other girls look. Like, just be your best self you can. Continue to, like, improve on your dancing and whatever the things are that make you happy. And, like, that will make you successful in any line of work that you're in. So that's some of my spiel about what I would say. And to slow down. Slow down. Because yeah. all stripper, new strippers, I don't know what it is, but they, I think it's nerves. I think it's all this. It's all the adrenaline. All the adrenaline that, that's coming out every single time that they dance and they're so fast. And I'm like, just slow. What you think is too slow is just right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just slow down. Yeah. Anything um, you want to add to that stuff? Well, so I, like I'm the, I said earlier, I'm the dancer manager at Trails. So I hire all of the new dancers that we get at the club. So I think talking to girls, just my advice is just do it. Cause like Molly said, it's really fucking scary. But again, I think that the scariest part of it is doing it. Like, like getting yourself to start doing it. Once you do it, I feel like it's not as scary as you thought it was. And the sooner you do it, like the happier you'll be that you've done it. Like I like hear so many girls say like, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. I I wish I had started Um, 10 years before I did. (laughs) Yeah. And is there any kind of training? Like, okay, say someone like me, if I wanted to get into it, I would really suck. No, you'd probably be great. I've seen you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I'm very clumsy and I'm very uncomfortable (laughs) and awkward just in everyday situations. So like what would someone do to prepare themselves you know, uh, like pole, you say, just dancing. go do it. Yeah. I mean, like, is there steps? No, I would, I would definitely suggest apply? some pole dancing classes, okay. but specifically at most of the clubs now, they have exotic dancing, which is very different than a lot of the other pole classes. So seek out the actual at the pole studios, the exotic dancing, or sometimes it's called black light dancing. And okay. that will teach you a lot of the basics of what you would need to know about what to do on stage. Yeah, because I feel like stripping and dancing are two completely different things. Like the way that you move your body like feels kind of counterintuitive. And and that's not something that you're going to learn how to do the first day. It's not no. something that anybody can teach you really either. Like the only way to to do it is just to is to do it. It's just yeah. like you feel your body it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Watch yeah, a lot sense. of videos. Watch a lot of other girls start to internalize that when you start to move your body. Like, I liked what she did. I liked how that looked. I'm going to try doing that now. Do you guys ever, like, record yourselves and analyze it later and say, oh, I like yeah. how I do this. My I whole like Instagram is, like, videos oh, of that's me true. dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of stinkers that didn't make the cut. And there's a lot of stinkers <laughs> I posted because I was like, I'm a fucking human being. Like, not all my videos are going to be tip-top great. Like, I love some of that. Them are I love just, that. Some of them are just, like, I wanted to post something. And I kind of wanted you to see that, like, I fail yeah all the time (laughs) i'm kind of nervous that some of the things that i do on stage that i think are really cool if i were to record myself and see myself from a different angle that they might look really stupid but that's true about anything like you could take a picture of yourself from a terrible angle and be like oh i looked terrible that day but really you looked beautiful all day you just got a shitty angle yeah Mm -hmm. for sure but i'm just like i don't know it's something i feel like i like Knowing inside myself that it looks good. And so I'm yeah. just kind of a little like you're cool with that. You're like, yeah. I feel good. I'm walking away. Yeah. Which is great. I know you've never yeah. taken. I just realized that you've never I've never seen a video of you dancing yeah. just once. Just the, like the promotional. Videos just the one promotional. Done. And it was amazing. So 
Are you are you on Instagram too, Steph? Um, I am. My Instagram is Steph with two H's and Mercedes. Sorry, Steph with two H's, Mercedes. Steph Mercedes. Sorry. Okay. Let's. uh, We need to switch gears a little bit to Salt Lake City. Uh, We have a few Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here, and we have to ask the strippers, right? We have to ask the the uh, if we all have family and friends that come to Salt Lake, right? We have like a little tour. We give them areas of town, a building, a hike, camping, whatever. Do you have one or two things that you like to show people in Salt Lake? I'll let each of you take a turn. I really like to bring people to trails just because I like people to see what the club is all about (laughs) and like how it's so different here than it is anywhere else. And the quality of girls that we have here is so much higher than it is anywhere else. But um, trails aside, I think probably the place that I like taking people to is Snowbird. It's okay. just beautiful up there. What do what do most people say about trails when they first come there? Though, do you, do you know? I mean, um, do you pay attention? To yeah. What so, like when people come from out of town, I like the, often they'll ask for lap dances, and they'll be like, "Oh, oh you can't do sucks. That. You can't do lap dances, but you guys are all so pretty and yeah. so cool." And so, I feel like they might be a little bummed out at first, but like after being there for a minute, they really warm up to it. Yeah, and I think they start to enjoy that, like. There isn't that pressure of a girl just coming at you from every angle, trying to get a lap dance out of you that you can just drink and hang out and tip when you want. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, wow, I I like this. I don't usually like strip clubs, but I I like this, you know, it's Um, like low pressure for everyone. mm -hmm. Yeah, because as a as a dancer, when I've tried to dance out of state, like I'm like, I don't have that in me to hustle that hard, like. And Mm -hmm. to compete with these other girls and like get constantly rejected. And I mean, we do, there is some rejection at trails. I think for me sometimes where like either someone's not tip, just not tipping me, like sitting at the stage, like arms crossed, looking like they're having the worst time ever. My wife drugged me here. (laughs) It has to be so hard. I would assume that you kind of feed off the energy of, of your clients. Totally. I've said this before where there's nights, there's nights I've made crazy money. But everybody was such a moody bitch that I was a moody bitch by the time I was done. And there's nights I didn't make as much, but like people were so enthusiastic that I just had the best time. I yeah. just was like, I love my job. My job is so great. You know, like, um, sorry, I digress. What was I? Well, the, the question, well, oh. I mean, we kind of sidetracked there, but if the tour, like Molly, where, oh, where would you take people that are visiting? I know it's terrible, but, but, but when people do come, I do love to take them to trails, but part yeah. of it is because it just feels like home away from home for us. Like even when we're not yeah. working, we tend to linger there because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's where all my friends are. And, you know, and, and I like to show off. I'm like, I know those girls, those, they're all my friends. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so probably trails. What else? You said Snowbird. Is that where Cliff Spa is? Uh-huh. I do love Cliff Spa. I'd probably- Take him up there. Take him to Cliff Spa because yeah. that's gorgeous. That's it's what a, Bia Voce said too. up yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. We need to go there. It's gorgeous. Um, also, when I had a friend from England come, I took him on like an off-roading trip up through, it was years ago, but it was up through, um, up north, like Brigham. Okay. Okay. And I would suggest that take like an off-roading trip up in the mountains because that's just gorgeous. And like people who aren't from here- haven't sometimes haven't had those kinds of experiences and they're really, really beautiful. And we forget that we're so lucky to have that. What about uh, favorite local eating spots, right? We have one or two favorite places we like to eat at. I don't know if there's one or two recommendations each of you want to throw out. So I'm not fancy and I really like like crown burger. Nah, not the crown burger is great. I think crown burger is great. It's not in other States really that I know of. No, I think it's just a Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love crown burger. 
I mean, there's some few other like, but I, every time I go to a fancy place, I'm like, this was not worth it. Like, <laughs> yeah. My most recent obsession has been Bruges waffles. Okay. But yeah, I never knew how much I liked Belgian waffles until I haven't been there. It's to go. so good. They're just down. I know there's one in Sugar House, and there's one down by like Pioneer Park. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Right across the street. 300 and 300, I think, right down there. Yeah. yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But uh, is there anything you would change about Utah or Salt Lake City if you could, if you you became the mayor or the governor for the day, right? We could sell wine and liquor on Sundays. There you go. I like that. Okay, you're hired, right? You're the next governor of Utah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'd probably change about the whole country. I'd probably just legalize everything. That's like my opinion is I'm like, let people, unless they're hurting someone or driving, like, let people do whatever they want like treat us like adults right yeah well, and it definitely creates a more healthy atmosphere yeah so that it doesn't create a black market and, and exactly. more dangerous things yeah and then there's more it's taxable income now and now there's more resources for people who are abusing and are in addiction and mm-hmm. yeah that's a whole other thing they don't have to like, be afraid to seek help exactly yeah yeah like so that. so those are yeah liquor laws drug laws um I mean, I'm trying to think if I was the mayor, but I, I, I'm like, I how much power do they even well, have? Well, let's know. say you let's say you had the power. Depends to on how crooked you are. Well, listen, I mean, I've had a heck of a time talking. I know it's, I know we just skimmed the surface and we barely got into the life of a stripper, all of that, and and whatnot. I always tell people, you know, let's just come back through and, and we'll catch up. But to at least get the basics today. Is there anything that you were hoping, though, that we would talk about that we didn't talk about? Or even you, Chrissy, was there something yeah, you were hoping we'd I actually bring had up? a question. I've noticed, Molly, that you are very, you're a very big advocate online for the Rape Recovery Center of Utah. Yeah. And you're actually donating proceeds from some of the things that you've created and are selling yeah. to them. I just wanted to hear a little bit about you So know, your I did an event last year where the girls, we all donated and I had like a GoFundMe and stuff. It was like a my birthday thing. And... I found out even about them because I went to one of their events and thought it was really cool. And then I was looking for a charity and no charities would work with me because I was promoting a party at a strip club. And that was like really disheartening to me. And I mentioned it to them and they were like, yeah, of course. And I I was like, like, and I'd already liked them and been interested in their, you know, what they do. And so we did that. We raised a lot of money. That was really like felt amazing. And then uh, I made a little book that I still sell, but I haven't finished my website. It's kind of like been like uh, backburnered, mm-hmm. but I finished a book and I do donate half of the proceeds of the book to the Rape Recovery Center. And I also recently did um, the 40-hour training at the Rape Recovery Center so that I could uh, be a volunteer, which means I can do like hospital response or like uh, the the 24-hour crisis line. But right now I'm just doing tabling because I'm too scared to do those other things. Tabling is just like where you go to events and let people know what the services are. But it is interesting because people come up to me and want to share their stories with me. And mm-hmm. and that's nice because I've had 40 hours of training to know how to like – How to respond I'm prepared. When, yeah. when people come up and, and do want to confide those things in me, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'm here. I believe you. These are some services that are free, completely free to you. To use if you or someone you love has been assaulted, you know, give them some information. And so, yeah, um, that's something I've really enjoyed doing. And uh, but I think the next one we're going to do, we're thinking about, can I say Mm -hmm. we're thinking about uh, doing a charity event maybe next month for uh, Pride, like Utah 
at, at trails at trails Very for, cool. for like a my calendar party kind of type well not calendar i'm not in the calendar my, my poster party I have, a, I have a poster of me um for and i'll have it for like a month and so we we're kind of planning that there's been i don't know some stuff going on and so in my personal life and other things that we're but we are going to make it happen but i but i still want to i don't know it's been hard to decide but i wanted to try to maybe do another another charity this year but i am still working with them and they are amazing and i just can't say enough nice things about the rape recovery center of utah they're really really great that's awesome let's uh connection so i know like trails has a facebook page uh which people can follow i guess and who uses facebook who use, uh, do you guys have <laughs> facebook pages that people can connect i with have one in molly mason Okay. Is my name, but I rarely check it. You rarely check it or do it, but Instagram's your best Instagram, if you want to contact me about anything, questions about the club, I often answer questions or okay. um, whatever. Yeah, Molly, Molly the Stripper on Instagram. And yeah, it's the best way to contact me. Yeah, I I have a Facebook as well, Steph Utah. Okay. And then Charles also has a an Instagram page. It's okay. Trails SLC. And I check that pretty regularly. Okay. So. And I'll put all those links at IamSaltLake.com with this episode as well. So people can go there and check it out. Chrissy has a final question she throws out at our people, at the guests that come through here. I do. And I'd love one from each of you. One response from each of you. Um, If you could leave our listeners with a, a motto or piece of life advice, what would you tell them? Just be proud of yourself. Be proud of who you are and what you are. And yeah. Um, I would probably just say a lot of what Steph said, which is like, but also like work on being someone you can be proud of, like educating yourself, being the best version of yourself that you can be so that you can be proud of yourself and you can feel good about yourself. And, and yeah, I'm trying to, I'd love to think of something else, but no, that works. works. I think that's a really important message that we all really need to hear. So coming from a stripper (laughs) thank you so much let's catch up down the road visit trails say hello to you say that they heard you know come see us and and, and let them know you heard them on i am salt lake right how cool would that be right there and they're throwing ten dollar bills twenty dollar bills and i I heard you on i am salt lake i could probably work something out if you mentioned that you heard us on the podcast that we'll give you Cover for free. Oh, free there entry. you go. Hey, hey, there we go. I like it. Just you tell heard- them I am Salt Lake sent you. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Many, many thanks again to Steph and Molly for joining us on this episode. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes right on our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 401. Yes, that's for episode 401. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9 amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to show your support for this podcast by supporting our show sponsors, KRCL, Market Source Real Estate, and CBD Medic. We'll have all the links for all of them right on our website under the notes for this episode, which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. And while you're on the website, dig through some of those back episodes. I'm sure there's one or two that you haven't listened to yet. And remember, you can always support us non-monetarily by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page. You can share your favorite episode on social media or just tell some coworkers. You have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. 
Support local whenever possible, and we're going to see you next week on the next episode of the podcast. And good night, Grammy. Thank you.